bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and, and all that he is within me. Bless his holy name. We're doing good on time, y'all, so that I don't keep you here too long today. Turn to Psalm 3. Psalm 3. The first division of the psalm, but Psalm 3. And if you allow me from the English Standard Version to read in your hearing from Psalm 3, these are the words I want to read this subscript too this is a psalm of David when he fled when he fled from Absalom his son he says oh Lord how many are my foes many are rising against me many are saying of my soul that there is no salvation for him in God. But you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. I laid down and slept. I woke up again, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of the thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord your blessing be on your people that is the word of God for the people of God if you all would allow me this morning to label our lesson and tag this text to tag this title to this text how to tread in your troubles How to tread in your troubles. His family life laid on a fault line. And in many ways it was fractured and fracturing because of what he did. His foes were increasing all around him. His friends were failing him. And his faith, or the people of his faith, had turned against him. This was the situation in 1974 for the former greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali. Ali had stood up against the U.S. government by not going to the Vietnam War 
and a lower court in Kentucky had convicted him. The high court in Kentucky had confirmed that conviction. And he was awaiting for that same conviction to go in front of the Supreme Court of the United States of America. He lay in a place where many thought all the earnings that he had earned up to this point had now gone away. And he was flat broke because even his fighting skills were beginning to fade. And they had begun to left to leave him. Therein lies where we are, not only in the life of Ali, but that life was the life of David, the king of Israel. David was in a place where his family was fractured. And his family was fractured many things, many ways because of what he had already done. It was because of his own issues that his family was fractured. God told him a long time ago, your family going to be fractured because of what you've done. His son Absalom had done something uh, amazing. If you go home and read it for yourself, 2 Samuel chapter 15 through 19 are the, are the chapters. Absalom had gone out in all Israel and had gathered men for himself. By, by being nice to men, he had gathered men for himself. Even David's own fighting 10,000 had now started to turn away from the king toward his son Absalom. His foes all around him, all in Israel, were growing beyond him. And he was in a situation where everything that he had fought for was fading against him. Therein lies where we are. And somebody here today is in a place similar to that. You sit in the middle of your trouble. You sit in the middle of what's going on in your life. You sit in a place where you're wondering, do I have help from the Lord? David says in the text that his foes are many. They are many around him, but he's now learning that his foes are not just the folk outside of Israel, but his foes are foes from within. If I can parenthetically stop for a minute, be careful sometimes, and sometimes it makes us scary when we have foes not just on the outside. But foes that are inside and know us and talk to us every day. Foes on the inside. Anybody ever had a foe on the inside? Anybody ever had somebody who loves you turn their back on you and say false things against you? Says many are my foes. And he says they are rising against me. They are saying of my soul that there is no help from the Lord. And evidently they didn't know the Lord like David knows the Lord because you might not get any help from your friends. You might not get any help from your job. You might not get any help from your education. But if anybody know God like I do, God always is a present help in the time of trouble. That, that there be maybe people who don't want to be with me right now, but God is always my help. Says they had the nerve to say, there is no help for him in God. 
Don't they realize it is David who is God's anointed? It is David who has, he has set on the throne and they have the nerve to say there is no help in God for him. Somebody is thinking that about you right now. They've seen your life. They know what you're dealing with. And they say even God ain't helping him or her. But you can lift your hands and say I know that there is help for me in God. There is help for me in God. Foes all around me. Friends that have turned to foes. Fighting in my family. My faith is now fractured. And there is no help for God. I beg to differ. That I'm trying to teach you how to tread in your trouble. Because David understood. Psalm 3 is the first psalm of David. Psalm 3 is considered to be what they call a royal song and an evening song. It is a song where we see an aged David understand where he is in life. An aged David, he's on the throne now. He's no longer in the pasture. He's no longer the shepherd boy. He's on the throne. And now he realized sometimes when you're in a place where you're in leadership, sometimes you got to be there by yourself. David is feeling like he's by himself. And when he's feeling like he's by himself, people of God, he now sings the blues. Anybody ever sang the blues? Y'all looking at me funny. Anybody ever sang the blues because of your situation? You tried to worry about what's going on in your situation. So you start singing the blues. I ain't got no friends. I ain't got no family. My faith has failed me. Is there anybody here who has ever sang the blues? David begins to sing the blues. And he sings the blues. Because of the situation and the station in which he's in. But I love David. David is probably my second favorite character in the Bible. And anybody ever asked the question, how in the world was David a man after God's own heart? David was settled or was saddled with sin. David had to tussle with temptation. It was David who had to deal with the depravity of his own mind. David, God's anointed king of Israel, saddled with sin, struggling with temptation, dealing with depravity. Y'all looking at me funny. Don't be bad and bougie. You got to do the same thing too. Is there anybody around here who's had to deal with your own sin? Anybody had to tussle with temptation? Anybody had to deal with the depravity of your own mind? Let's go to this week. It could have been me who took a gun and killed folk because I was mad at somebody else. Is there anybody here that knows you got to deal with some things in your life sometimes? That's what David was. Don't get it twisted. He was like everybody else. That's why we love him. That's why at least I love him because I see the reflection of my own life in his. But here's what I believe David is that a lot of folk are not. This is what I believe. This is 
uh, uh, a Jason V. Haynes theology. I believe David is the way he is. I believe David is a man after God's own heart. Why, Brother Jason? I believe it because David knew who God was. I know that don't mean much to you. It may not mean much, but I believe that David knew who God was. I, I believe that's why he was a man after his own heart, because he knew who God was. While trouble was all around him, while family was fractured against him, while his faith was failing him, he said, but you, O oh Lord. <laughs> David understood. David understood that I'm no longer a shepherd. But the Lord is my shepherd. David understood when I'm in a dark place, the Lord is my light and he is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? That's why I love David because he knew who God was even in the midst of all his trouble. David says, but you, O oh Lord, are a shield all about me. You, O oh Lord, are my glory and the lifter of my head. David says, uh, I'm singing the blues, but God. I'm in trouble, but God. Uh, family is fractured, but God. Friends are failing me, but God. You are to have, if you know God like David and some of the other folk do, a but God testimony. I'm in the middle of trouble, but God. But God. He said, but you, O oh Lord, are a shield. And don't miss it. You are a shield all about me. In the wartime, in David's time, a shield had to be effective to fight the battle, but it had to be light enough to carry in battle. And so you couldn't make a shield too big, and a shield was a defensive weapon. But sometimes even shields splintered in battle. But David said, even I'm in, in the battle of my life, I'm in the war of my life right now, I know God is a shield. Oh, about me the shields generally protected at least maybe one or two or three sides of your body but they never protected your back and somebody ought to be God and grateful this morning that God not only protects us all around but he got your back when I was a I was a young lad as a college student I struggled trying to find my way like a lot of folk, trying to find out who I am going to be in this life and what God has done. Didn't have a bit of money, barely had a car, riding back and forth to school. Thank God he had done a little something for me in school, but driving back and forth. And like anybody else, I went through times where I wanted to feel depressed and down in life. No matter how far down the depression goes, no matter how deep the nadir of life is, I learned a long time ago that sometimes the same song that's a blues song in one instant can turn around and be a praise in another instant. 
A lot of times, if, if you grew up in Metro Atlanta, some may have not, but if you grew up in Metro Atlanta 20, 30, 25, 30 years ago, uh, WAOK, which still is on today, had some DJs and uh, Leonard Tippy Calloway, Zilla Mays. And a lot of times, when I would get out of class and my life felt like it was spiraling in a direction that I didn't want to go, I'd turn on the radio and I'd hear a song from a local group of sisters called the Anointed Pace Sisters. And I would get so happy in life because they sang a song that said, Jesus, be a fence all around me every day. Jesus, I need you to protect me as I walk this straight and narrow way. I know you can and I know you will fight my battle if I stay in your holy will. Say, Lord, be a fence all around me every day. Every day, every day. Is there anybody here that's stuck in your trouble, but you know that the God you serve is a fence all around you? He's a fence all around you. But not only is he a fence, he's your glory. He's your glory. If I can, let me bring back Ali. Ali's down, and part of his being down is he's facing imprisonment not only facing imprisonment he's facing the failures of his fighting skills he's no longer the Cassius Clay who can float like a butterfly and sting like a bee he's an aged boxer and he lost one round to Joe Frazier Trying his best to stay out of jail to get another fight with Frazier. But as he was waiting on the verdict and the fight with Frazier, he sees a big man from Texas destroy Ken Norton and then knock Joe Frazier's toughness halfway across the ring. And now he has to face big George Foreman just to get back in the fight game. So imagine where he is. He is in a state of depression. His family is fractured. He's in this state. And now he sees on the TV big George Foreman. And that crazy promoter with the crazier hair, Don King, <laughs> set up the fight in Kinshasa, Zaire. Don't miss it. Ali possibly in a state of depression. I know he put a good face on TV, but imagine what's going on in his life. One thing that changes is the Supreme Court votes unanimously in his favor. And he's allowed to fight again. But when he gets to Zaire, he sees Big George Foreman, and he knows he's in for the fight of his life. But one day, when he gets there, he hears a chant in Zaire that he had never heard in his, fall, in his life before. Ali, Bumbaye. Ali, Bumbaye. 
And he learned that this was a chant where the local people saw Ali only in one way. They saw Ali as a champion. And one day while training in, 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 in the movie depicted by Will Smith, while training, the, the Zaire, the people of Zaire are running with Ali. Every single one of them from grandmothers to mothers to fathers to little children have smiles on their faces because they are running with their champion. Imagine Ali's state of mind as he gets in Zaire. He runs around the corner and he sees a mural of himself on the wall. And in the mural, there is pictures of tanks and airplanes. And when the tanks and airplanes are coming toward Ali, he has one posture. And that's the posture of victory. And now he understands that I may not be what I used to be. But somewhere on this earth, I still got some glory. And is there anybody here that knows if God is with you, you've got glory in your life. So hold your hands up and understand that he is your glory. And can't you see because God is your glory, he's also the lifter of your head. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king. He is my glory, a shield all about me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Thank God that even in my troubles, I can tread understanding that he's got my back, that he'll lift my head. And he is my glory. Says on, I cried to the Lord. And he answered me. From his holy hill. I know y'all ain't shouting yet, but hold on, we gonna come down that road. He's in a state of depression, David that is. He's trying to figure out how he's gonna get out of this trouble. But he understands who God is. And God is with me in the midst of my trouble. But he also will answer me when I call him. Oh, you ought to get happy that the God you serve hears you. But he'll also answer you. And don't miss it. Part of the greatness of where God answers from. He answers from a place that's exalted. Y'all missing it. David is down. Trouble all around him. But when God answers him, he lets him know, David, you might be down, but I'm always up. I wish somebody would understand that no matter how far your depression goes, no matter how deep the valley goes, no matter how long the chasm goes down, God is always answering you. From a place of exaltation. I thought I might have some witnesses, but if I didn't, I'd bring my own. Come here, Isaiah. When I was in a depression in my life, and I thought after 51 years of a good kingdom of Uzziah, in the year that Uzziah died, that's when I saw the Lord. And how did I see him? Hi. 
and lifted up and his train filled the temple God is in a high place but his clothes will fill the place where you are and he answered me from his holy hill and I love David because it now seems like not only will God protect me not only will he show me that he is my glory not only will he raise up my head and answer my every call because of that even the trouble still around him y'all he said I lay down and I went to sleep Anybody ever been in trouble to the point where you felt you couldn't sleep? But let David help us out. David said, I laid down and I slept. Lord have mercy. Can't you imagine David, y'all? David went in his refrigerator, got a warm glass of milk and some cookies ate the milk and cookies, turned on his sleeping music, put on the lavender soul, the scent in the room would be good. He fluffed his pillow, y'all missing it, and he said, in the midst of my trouble, I lay down, and I went to sleep. Still missing it. Trouble ain't going nowhere, but I got, my, I got so much God with me and in me, then I laid down and I went to sleep. And don't miss it, I got up the next morning. It's a good God who in the midst of your trouble will give you the peace of mind where you'll fluff your own pillow, turn back your covers, get in the bed, lay down, set your alarm because the next morning I'm getting up. He said, I awoke again. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Again. David didn't have no sleepless nights. He said, I'm going to go to bed. Because God is my shield. God is my strength. I laid down and I awoke again. Because it was the Lord who sustained me. Amazing. Trouble all around, family fracture, friends decreasing, foes increasing, fightings all around me. But I laid down and I went to sleep and I woke up again. Thank God for a God who will sustain me. David says that I would not be afraid. Of the thousands of people who have set themselves against me. That you don't have to fear folk when you got faith and favor in him. That don't, no matter how many set themselves against you. God is a God who can give you strength in the midst of all your enemies. Truth be told, uh, I, I, I love 
the scriptures because they teach us that folk are just mere passes of wind as enemies. It, it says the grass withers and the flower fades. Uh, that people will fade away like grass and flowers. So why are you scared of folk? Now, God can vanquish people. But here's what I love about him. He can also vanquish enemies that are stronger than folk. Uh, let me help out. God can vanquish sickness. That's sometimes an enemy stronger than folk around me. Anybody ever been sick? And you wonder how you were going to get well? And you, you figured out that God is a God who will heal your body, Jehovah Rapha. God will heal you. But, but God also is one who can deal with death. When Jesus came along in this world, he said to Mary, Martha, he said, I am the resurrection. And I am the life. And here what I love about Jesus, it's almost like Mary and Martha didn't really get it. Uh, Martha got it to some degree. She said, I know the day is coming when everybody will get, will get, will get up. But Jesus like, okay, Martha, step aside. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came out of the grave and it was like Martha said, okay, I get it now. And I wish somebody in the, in the house of God was known this morning that he'll deal with death. Because death, many of us or all of us have an appointment with death. And unlike your dentist appointment, you can't cancel it. The Bible says there is an appointment with death. And then the judgment. But he'll also deal with death, but he'll also deal with the grave. In, in Revelation, there's going to come a day when death and the grave are going to be thrown into the lake of fire. I thought the folk of God, we got to deal with death and the grave right now. But Jesus had already dealt with death and the grave and that have an appointment with the lake of fire. Don't get afraid of people. David finally says, save me, O God, for you strike my enemies on the cheek and you break the teeth. Here's why I told you David understood that I ain't got to be afraid of folk. God ain't got to get rid of folk. God will just get rid of the things that can hurt you. Can't you see David as the shepherd? Bears and lions all around him. Wolves and enemies all around him. And God is such a God that he ain't got to get rid of the wolves, of the bears and the lions. He just can strike them on the cheek and get rid of the thing that will cause you consternation. Is there anybody here? 
that understands God can deal with your enemies not by getting rid of them but by breaking the things that will hurt you in them Daniel can help us out God can take away the appetite of the lion For you strike them on the cheek and you break the teeth of the wicked. And I'm almost through y'all, but I got to tell you about this last line. David, after all he's dealt with, he showed us how to tread in your trouble. But then David does something at the end where he confirms how much he knows God. He says salvation belongs to the Lord. And your blessings are upon your people. Uh, some years ago, my wife came to me and it was time and time again. She said, let's go on vacation to Las Vegas. And I just thought, there ain't nothing in Las Vegas for me. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't gamble until the uh, dollars over about a billion dollars. Did I will throw in my dollars? I will. I will. Amen. Amen. Yeah, y'all with me? I will throw in that. That billion dollars will take you a long way. I... But I don't really gamble, and because I really didn't know Las Vegas, I didn't know there was so much more to do than go to the casino. And lay down your money. But one thing I learned about the casinos in Las Vegas. Is that about 90 plus percent of the time. It is the house that wins. Keep on going. Keep on laying it down. But most of the time you're going to come back. And the house going to have your money. I wish somebody heard me. That the house, the reason Las Vegas is still there is because most of the time, the house wins. Well, the God we serve, he owns the house. And he is the dealer of deliverance. And is there anybody here that needs some deliverance on today? That if you sit, God will shuffle you some deliverance. That if your money is low, God will shuffle you some deliverance. If you got trouble in your home, God will shuffle you some deliverance. And is there anybody here that understands that my house is owned by God? The earth is the Lord and its fullness thereof the world and they which dwell therein. Lift up your head somebody because the God you serve. He owns the house and you are delivered because God owns the house. That if you need salvation, he owns the house. If you need a better relationship, he owns the house. And all you got to do is lift your voice unto heaven and say, God, deal me some deliverance. I'm gone, Salem. May the Lord bless you real good. But on my way to my seat, I need God to deliver 
some deliverance. And is there anybody here that knows God will deal deliverance? When I'm in trouble, He is my deliverance. When my money's low, He is my deliverance. When I got relationship problems, He is my deliverance. Life is so sweet and my joy is complete because I'm saved. Saved by His power divine. Save new life sublime. Anybody here saved? Saved from my enemies. Saved from my troubles. And one day, saved from death and the grave. You ought to thank God that He deals in deliverance. Give Him praise. Amen. God is a God of salvation. And don't miss it because the good news about God's salvation, it belongs to him. And whatever you need, the God you serve can give you deliverance because it belongs to him. That if your life looked like it had another destiny, God holds the deliverance of destiny in his hands. And if it be his will, he can deliver you even now. So if you will, just lift on your feet. This is your invitation. To know that you can tread in your trouble. Because God is a shield all about you. He'll be your glory and the lifter of your head. That when you cry to him, he'll be like Elijah Hoffman. And you can say, I must tell Jesus all of my trouble. That I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, he kindly will help me. For he ever loves and he cares for his own. So the invitation is now given to come. Come to him who will hear you and answer your prayer. That's it. I must tell Jesus. Jesus can hear me. Jesus alone. Come on. Bible says. If you believe with your heart, confess with your mouth that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. And that invitation of salvation has been made to you right now. So come, give your life to him. Come, understand that he'll deliver you wherever you are. Whatever you've done, whatever you plan to do. God is a delivering God. For salvation belongs in. That's it. If you know it, lift your voice. Say, I must tell Jesus. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear thee burdens alone 
in my distress he kindly will help me for he ever loves and cares for his own oh yeah lift it up say tell Jesus Jesus can help me Jesus alone say I must tell Jesus one more time I must come on somebody tell Jesus I cannot bear thee alone I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus can help oh you may be seated Jesus alone you may be seated alone for I must tell Jesus I must tell Jesus Jesus come out clerk amen amen give God praise brother Haynes we have one for prayer Amen. The Bible declares that prayer is always in order. The good news is that, that we can pray. And we know today that the God who sits high can not only hear us, but he'll answer prayer. And so if you have a need for prayer, come on down and we'll pray together with our brother here. So we're going to come Stand on your feet, everybody. But if there are those who want to come for prayer, come on for prayer. And if I can get our Salem cell pastor, East Penny Pitts, to come and pray for us. pray not only for you but we'll pray what God is going to do by our giving we want to thank God let us pray Father God we just come this morning we never get tired of coming to your throne of grace because we know when we come to your throne of grace, we will find relief, we will find healing, 
we will find encouragement, strength to run on a little while longer. So we do come this morning acknowledging that you are the one and only true living God. There is nobody other than you, Lord, that we will worship, that we will praise, that we will look up to. God, you said anything that we need, that we need to come to you. You said the effectual favorite prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We thank you that our righteousness is wrapped up in Jesus Christ and that you have given us the authority to come, Father God, and acts in your name. So, Father God, we confess that we've not done everything you told us to do as our brother Jason preached time and time again. Uh, we have to ask for forgiveness and ask you to cleanse us of all of unrighteousness. And according to your word in 1 John 1 and 9, you said that if we would ask for forgiveness, you would be faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so, God, we accept that this morning. We accept your forgiveness and cleanseness. So, Father God, we come with just so much thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for life, health, and strength, thanking you for forgiving us, thanking you for keeping us, for healing us, thanking you just for being God, thanking you for this place called Salem, thanking you for our leadership, thanking you for continuously blessing us. Thank you that we continuously walk in favor. God, we come right now with supplications on our hearts. I come from our brother today. God, our brother Tony, we don't know what the prayer request is, but we know that you know because he's one of your children. So we come right now lifting him up, Father God, in the name of Jesus, praying not his will be done, but your will be done in his life. God, I pray right now that whatever he stands in the need of, that you'll send it from the north, south, east, and west. And God, not only him, but every soul that stands before your throne this morning, not only here at the altar, but those that are bowed down in their hearts, those very personal prayer requests that only you and that person know, we lift it up to you. Father God, whether it be clothing, shelter, uh, Father God, that you... Um, send assistance, Father God, and whatever they need. And God, we dare not go any further without asking that you use us. If we can help our brother or sister, Father God, send us, Father God. Here we are, God, use us. And Father God, we know right now that we're all very heavy in our hearts because of everything that's going on in the world. Father God, we're heavy in our hearts because we're grieving people we love you've taken home to be with you but God you said this is the way you made us Father God that when our people go to live with you we miss them so Father God those that are grieving still in their hearts we pray right now that you would lift them up help them God send help their way God give them good sleep just as David lay down and rested we know that anything that stands in the way of good sleep is not of you, God. So send us good rest, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, you are a healer. There's healing, Father God, in the hem of your garment. 
there's healing for the mind, soul, body, and spirit. So we ask right now that you pour down your oil, God. Pour down that balm from Gilead. That you would heal a sin-sick soul, a sin-sick mind, a sin-sick spirit. And God, we pray right now that they would just leave it with you. That they might not pick it up again that they would just leave it here at the altar and we'll rest in you. We do, God, we rest in you this morning. God, we know that you've done so much for us. Most of all, we thank you that you are made us co-heirs with Jesus Christ, that no longer are we um, on the outside looking in, God. You said no longer are we friends, but we're now his sister, his brother. So God, we just take comfort in that and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and those who are called according to your purpose. Hear our prayer, O oh Lord. Attend unto our cry, God. And Father God, when we can't go any further, Father God, and we are at that time that Either you're going to make us absent from the body or present with you, or even if you come to get us before that time, God, we'll stand so amazed. We'll stand and say we're so amazed by your glory, by your presence, how you've kept us, Father God. And we'll say if it had not been for the Lord on our side, we just don't know where we would be. In other words, God, we won't take any of your glory because you're just so gracious. You're so wonderful. You're so loving. We love you so much. And God, I thank you. It's an honor to pray for your people. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, oh Lord, let them be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And the people of God said, amen, amen, amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. That's what we call you, Major Paul. Captives, free. Amen. That's what we call you. Thank God for the Word of God. The Word of God is such a comfort in the midst of whatever may be going on in life. It will encourage us and keep us. God is continually good. I want to thank God for all of you and for the gifts that you've given by way of offering. Offering is worship. 
And as you leave, we do have receptacles for those who are in the sanctuary to give their tithes and offering. For those who are with us virtually, and if you give virtually, we ask and thank you, God, for your giving. Again, want to thank God for our pastor in his absence, Sister Bev, as they um, are on retreat. So I want to pray for them and thank God for all they are. Thank God again for these young people behind us. Give God praise. I, um, I feel as young as they look. So I thank God for them. I thank God for all of you. Uh, it is now time to go. If you would just rest to your feet. Please don't forget next week, Hope Fellowship Church over in Peachtree Corners, Atlanta. Um, that will be the guests of the Hope Fellowship Church. 5 p.m. with Salem and Pastor Haynes will be the guests. Uh, they, they, have a, they have a young pastor who moved down here, and, and he just, uh, he clung to Pastor Haynes. And he, I, I don't know how he found Pastor Haynes, but he clung to him. And now he's so excited to have Pastor Haynes and Salem Church come and to worship with him. And so if you will, if you can't avail yourself next week, I want to thank God for that. Please continue to pray for them, those in our family who have dealt with death and dealing with death. Um, to the Townsend family, to Sister Ruby Daniels, please pray for them. I lift up those in our family who are dealing with sickness. I want to thank God for all of you. Let us now um, get ready to leave. Is there anything? I don't want to think I'm missing anything. Make sure we'll have, I know, the arrangements for Sister Daniels' daughter uh, later. So just be aware uh, through the church portal of information regarding those arrangements. So Deacon Bailey, do we have anything yet? Tentative, that's right. Tentatively Saturday the 4th, and that's next Saturday at 11 a.m. So put that on your calendar for Sister Ruby Daniels' daughter's home going. Amen. Amen. God be with you till we meet again. able to keep us from from stumbling and get us out of trouble to the only wise God be glory be majesty be dominion and authority and may, it, may it be both now henceforth and forevermore and the people of God sing together 
ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.